0: Welcome everyone. This is Greg and you are listening to the MyoBrain Podcast. If you've been a listener for a while, hopefully you are appreciating the new intro music. It's always fun to have a cool jingle to associate with your uh, favorite podcast. I certainly appreciate that. So that is new. Uh, The topic for today, this will be a MyoBrain short podcast, so we're aiming it to be ten minutes or less. May run a little bit over, but is meant to be a kind of bite-sized, informative topic. And the topic for today will be about antioxidant supplementation and kind of the popularity of things like greens powders. I posted a few options in the client Facebook group. This is the one with the most upvotes. So that's the topic for today. As always, if you're new here, make sure you go to our website myobrain.co to check out all of our coaching options if you are interested. All right, so let's jump into it today. Uh, again, I, I posed this question to our clients and we got some really good feedback on the topic. And unless you've been living over a rock or don't follow anybody, any athletes or influencers or things like that on social media. You, you're probably aware of the big uptrend in things like greens powders and immune boosting supplements. Even like pre-coronavirus madness this is still a very popular trend that we were seeing like reds powder, sorry greens powders, reds powders, all of those things. So we're going to really analyze the evidence uh, a lot of these claims. What they do, what they don't do with myobrain obviously being a very scientific evidence-based practice, we're looking at the science and what the, the research is saying about these things, not just assuming that they're going to be effective, right? So the first thing to discuss here, we talk about, you know, antioxidants, we have to define what that actually means and, and what the goal of that product or food is, is aiming to do for you, right? So antioxidants can be found in food. There are a lot of vitamins. Uh, An antioxidant would be a vitamin like vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E. All of those are antioxidants. Uh, Selenium is is an antioxidant. There are are several others, right? And then there's also compounds within there because there's different types of vitamin A and things like that. Again, this will be a short podcast and I'll have some supporting articles with a lot more of the nitty gritty science. You want to dive into that, right? But those are the actual we talk about what antioxidants are. It's vitamins and minerals like that, all right? And the focus of why these things would be important is that when oxygen is in our body, there's some sort of oxidative process that leads to cell damage. And the thought process is, okay, well, if we have things, if oxygen at a certain level causes damage to our cells, if we take these things that are called antioxidants, it can either minimize or completely reduce that negative cell damage effect, right? So that's kind of the goal. And a lot of the promotion you may hear with a supplement or someone touting something like antioxidants, right, is that it helps those things. And I I looked at a few really popular greens, powders, uh, antioxidant supplements to kind of look at their claims. And, you know, this one says something about, doesn't matter if it's January or June, getting sick anytime, just plain sucks. Um, There's a lot more you can do Than just disinfecting surfaces if you want to be healthier. And then something about did you know 80% of your immune system is located in your gut, yada, yada, yada. They're they're telling you that taking the supplement is going to help you like have a healthier immune system. And even at one point, it mentioned something about oxidation here. Um, Our product is packed with XYZ. These antioxidants help remove free radicals that wreak havoc on your immune system. Right, so they're they're kind of touting that it's going to help you recover faster, n- not be sick, generally have a healthier immune system. Right, so those are the type of claims that you'll see. And different companies will have different claims. Right, but those are very very common things you're seeing with products like this. Helps recovery, um, helps your immune system. There's some things in here about like bloating and, and, and glucose uh, recovery and things like that. They don't think are as popular, but we'll be looking at those claims. All right. So the first thing to understand when it comes to something like oxidation, just at a, at a fundamental knowledge base for, for the listeners here, when, when someone says something, well, oxidation is bad. Therefore, if I take something that reduces that, our, our human physiology is not that simple. Right? It's not as simple as something is good or bad all the time. Right? You see the same kind of thought process with people when it comes to diets. When people say um, you want to have low cortisol or you, you don't want your insulin to be too high. But these hormones and, and these effects in our bodies are not meant to be all the time high or all the time low. Right? There are points where you want your insulin, insulin to be high. Right. If, if insulin didn't do anything, if it was only negative for us, it wouldn't have evolved through thousands of years to accomplish something, right? So insulin actually does help you put nutrients into cells, right? So if you eat a meal, you want an insulin response to happen so you can put the nutrients into the cells so they can be effective, right? You just don't want too much insulin over a long period of time. Same exact thing with cortisol. Cortisol is not bad at all. Every time you go and work out, your body increases cortisol levels, that is a cue for you then to take carbohydrates or really energy out of cells now and use that in your blood to produce energy, right? If you didn't have cortisol, you couldn't really extract um, energy from your cells. So, that's an example of, you know, insulin and cortisol are essentially opposite uh, effects on similar cells where insulin is going to deposit um, those things into the cells and cortisol is going to remove it right? And those are two hormones people love to talk about without really having a full understanding of what they actually do. And oxidation is another thing like that. And when we look into the research, we're seeing that that it's pretty clear that oxidation around exercise around immune system is not a bad thing all the time. In fact, trying to overreact to that with something like mega dosing antioxidants can have a negative effect right there there may actually be a reason you have an oxidative response to something and it may actually help you recover from that and in a weird way it's counterintuitive but taking supplement to taking a supplement to help you may actually hurt you cuz it's not really your body's natural process and how it's adapted over time right you're essentially limiting the normal adaptation process for you to recover all right so that's just some foundational things on why again it's when it comes to physiology, you can't think of things as good or bad because there's a purpose of these hormones. There's a purpose of these processes in our body. They're a lot more complicated than, than A plus B, right? So, that's the, the big thing to think about. Another thing when you look at these particular products, and this is not exclusive to a greens powder or a, a pill that may be kind of high in antioxidants, but a few that I've seen I've kind of just Googled greens powder, looked at the best sellers online. A lot of them have what's called a proprietary blend, which means you actually don't even know what's in the product. It may just say like our health matrix and it says that health matrix is 12 grams and then it just lists like barley grass and curcumin and etc. And you actually don't know how much of the barley grass or the curcumin or the ashwagandha is in there, right? So, if it's a greens powder or a protein powder or a pre-workout, we never recommend proprietary blend supplements because you literally do not know what's in that supplement, right? You know, I guess you don't know the amounts of those ingredients. This would be like going to the store and buying chicken breast and it says it had protein in it, but you had no idea how much protein was per four ounces. You probably wouldn't buy that. You would go find one with a label that said how much protein it had on it, right? So. You always want to stay away from proprietary blends regardless of the supplement you're choosing. And then one other thing is, as a whole, the, the research and you'll we'll, we'll go over some things and also the supporting articles have a lot more references. As a whole, antioxidant supplementation has not been beneficial on a lot of these claims that the supplement companies are making, but there will be some individual ingredients in these products that have been shown to be effective. Like two of the ones that I've seen that popped up a lot were curcumin and ashwagandha. And if you look at those individual ingredients, you can definitely go find some research that has beneficial effects on those, right? But again, if it's a proprietary blend, you have no idea if the dose is high enough to actually see a positive effect, right? And also, if if we know that something like curcumin or ashwagandha has been shown to be beneficial, it would be advantageous to go buy those ingredients individually and not, you know, if, if your scoop is 30 grams, uh, you don't want 29 grams of crap and one gram of good stuff, right? Just go buy the good stuff and, and forget all everything else, alright? So those are two that I saw pop up a lot that I do think have uh, promising effects would be curcumin ashwagandha. We do recommend it to some people, but again, not in a blend. We would actually have them buy the individual ingredients, alright? So a few of the studies that you can certainly look over both in a Healthline article that I'll put in the notes and in an examine.com article. Examine is by far my favorite uh, online resource when it comes to nutrition, supplementation information. They are just great. They're very unbiased. They tell you what works. They tell you what doesn't work, all right? So they talk a lot about the the process I I was discussing of, hey, the oxidative process may not be a bad thing and they post studies about how taking Uh, antioxidants like vitamin C has actually been shown to delay recovery after exercise. It has no effect on DOMS or just post-workout soreness. Um, It also has been shown to decrease endurance performance. So, both endurance and resistance training and when it comes to muscle building and recovery and not being sore, the studies that have been um, brought up as of now in 2020 are Certainly on the side of that is it's not working. If anything, it's actually detrimental to your progress as an athlete, right? Which is gonna be probably most important for my audience. And also you'll see in both of these supporting articles that the the research on general health is not promising as well. Most of that research is not in a controlled trial, meaning they're they're really looking at observations of people who are taking these supplements. And if you listen to anything we've discussed in the past. That science is not great because a lot of things can be variables that are not controlled for there. But still, when you look at that evidence, it's not promising. It's 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 not uh, decreasing your risk of cancer. It's not decreasing your chances of getting sick, all of those things in a more observational study. And then again, a lot of the more controlled studies that have looked at performance markers, again, you'll see here. Um, it's generally going to show a decrease in exercise performance, not an increase, alright? And then we, we look at the reason for that being here, and this is kind of my conclusion here, is that again antioxidants as a whole may not be a bad thing. They're, they're probably certainly not a bad thing, but there's a very big difference in taking a mega dose in a pill or a powder of that supplement versus finding it in foods, alright? So the first thing is, it's going to be the dose that's that's massively different. So if you eat something that's, say, high in vitamin A, like a sweet potato, that may have, I don't know the exact milligrams, right? But maybe it has like 50, 60% of the daily value of that nutrient. Versus in a pill or a powder, you may get 10,000% of your daily value of that nutrient. And while daily values may not be the perfect quantity for every human being to consume, you're probably not so much of an outlier that 10,000% more than the normal person is what's going to be beneficial for you, right? So the, the dose is something really to be to be cautious of, right? And that may be one of the reasons why a lot of the research is not beneficial for antioxidant supplements, because the dose is incredibly, incredibly high, right? And the second thing that's also brought up a lot in these articles, is that there are several different types of nutrients in foods. So, what I mean by that in something like a sweet potato, there may be several different types of vitamin A. There's not just a single vitamin A. There are many different compounds that could be you can consume and your body then converts into vitamin A and how that actually works in your body, right? But, not all of those are being able to be extracted into a supplement. So, maybe a supplement manufacturer can only get one of the eight versions of Supplement A into their pill or powder. Therefore, you're not really having that synergistic effect of the full cascade of vitamin A, right? So, you're, you're really extracting a small portion of that out. So, that could be another big reason why, again, the difference between t- taking between consuming antioxidants in food and 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 taking a supplement, those same antioxidants are not really leading to the same exact uh, benefits in research. All right, so. That's kind of it for this episode, guys. Again, hopefully that kind of paints a picture of why we don't recommend things like antioxidant supplements or greens powders, because again, the research is pretty clear. If anything, it's it's a negative detriment to performance and in the big, big research, it's not helpful for general health markers. It's incredibly expensive. And a lot of people that we find too, use these products as an expense of eating fruits and vegetables, right? And there's a lot of benefits outside of the actual antioxidants that are found in fruits and vegetables, right? So, as a as a summary, again, research is pretty clear. There's no benefit to what a lot of the supplement companies are claiming. At least as of now, something can change in a year or two and maybe, maybe we're all wrong here. But from the evidence we have right now, it does not seem the evidence of, uh, you know, in, in Increasing recovery or decreasing your likelihood of getting sick or any of those things are founded in, in science. Um, and then again, there's there's the big take home is with with generally speaking, do not think of these processes like oxidation, which is what a lot of these companies are trying to sell you on, as a bad thing. Or if someone says they're the supplement's going to lower your cholesterol, right? Or sorry, <laughs> lower your cortisol. That's not always going to be a good thing. A lot of those processes are natural and are actually beneficial for your body. Just like when you go into the gym, a lot of people are aware, you go into the gym, you break muscle tissue down, that's not a bad thing, right? You you have that muscle tissue breakdown, you then go recover, you then go eat the right nutrients, and that goes and gets bigger. That is a part of the natural adaptation process your body thrives on doing. And sometimes when we interfere with that too much, we actually get a, a less beneficial effect. So, that's it, guys. Again, for if you want to dig into all the studies on, again, decrease in performance, decrease in, in strength, decrease in endurance, um, all of those things, check out the two articles from Examine and Healthline. If you have any questions, you always can reach me at myobraincoaching@gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks, guys.